This is a legend of yin and yang. As the primeval waters flow to the land, so did yang, man. He would learn to be master of his world. His journey would be long and arduous. He would conquer the wind, the sea, and the dragon, not knowing that his greatest challenge still awaited him, Yin, the woman. Uh, Are you recording? Uh, yes. Oh, that bit was too hot for the internet. Okay, well, we'll cut it out. Okay, you don't have to, though. <laughs> but maybe we should charge for it. We'll uh, put it on our Patreon. We'll put it on... Nobody's going to know what this bit is, because I already cut it out. Oh, yeah, we'll put it on a commercial late at night. Yes, too hot for TV. Kind of. Well, hot enough for TV. Too hot for podcasts, not too hot for TV. Yeah, it'll... Sit right in there, late at night on Comedy Central. Yes, after hours when they can say fuck. Hell yeah! Hell well, yeah! Welcome, welcome to the brain coat. Welcome to the brain coat. Welcome to the brain coat report, <laughs> a show for geniuses by geniuses <laughs> who talk about genius stuff like late night uh, Comedy Central commercials from the early two thousands. Yes. And as a genius, I would like to say, I want to see them titties. <laughs> I want to see the titties that were too hot for TV. Uh, well, let's go ahead and end the Braincoat Report, and we'll do the Raincoat Report. Okay. This is Boss I'm here with Jeremy. More comfortable in this medium. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Uh, today, we are here to talk about... No average women, because we are here to talk about the vixens of Kung Fu. Oh, yeah. Are you going to put, like, a gong strike or something stereotypical in when you say that? No. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> this movie has more than enough of that. Uh, yes, it has uh, plenty of uh, questionable decisions of that <laughs> regard. But, uh, you know... The Vixens of Kung Fu, they're uh, here to do not really Kung Fu. Battles of some sort. Here to do battle with the monotony of everyday martial arts. That's true. They do certainly have a way about them. Yes, they are true innovators, much like Bruce Lee. Uh, Yes, I guess that is true. And the, um, the other ones that are so famous... Jackie Chan, uh, Jet Li, uh, yes, Bruce Lee, but it's spelled L I. Oh yeah. Um, Dragon Lee, maybe. Jim Kelly. Jim <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yes. The mysteries of the East will be unlocked, and we will all enter Shambhala together. As we learn the arts of the mysteries of the vixens of Kung Fu. Indeed. Now, I understand that while you were trying to learn the mysteries of Kung Fu, uh, you had a lot of 
there forceful in- intervention. There were intrusions, <laughs> much like China onto sacred Tibet. <laughs> um, no, I'm living at home still. I'm poor. What are you going to do? Right. Uh, but I've had the conversation several times now about boundaries with my uh, mom specifically. Right. Uh, Carol, as we all know. The passions of Carol. Yes, which include breaking and entering, <laughs> trespassing. <laughs> no, while I was trying to watch this, like, the door's closed. So she just, just busts in and is like, hey, I need to talk to you about something irrelevant. And I'm like, okay. So she left and I'm annoyed, but I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to close the door again. And this time I'll lock it right. just so the next time she tries, she'll be like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't. Right. The next time she tries, she starts saying my name insistently and just <laughs> while working the handle until the lock comes undone. And then she's just standing there in the doorway um, <laughs> asking me what I would like for dinner. Um, so I took a little break uh, and came back and finished the film eventually. <laughs> right. I think I should learn Kung Fu so I can beat up my mom. Uh, yes. I guess is probably the lesson I should take away from all of this or maybe I should not live with my parents yeah I mean I'm sure that would solve many of the problems it would definitely solve the problem of her treating me like uh, Ray Romano (laughs) and just wandering in at her whim yeah nobody wants to be the Ray Romano of the household no one wants to be the Ray Romano oh yeah in general I think I'm not even sure if Ray Romano wants to be Ray Romano I mean, I would like to get paid like Ray Romano got paid. But to be Ray Romano? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth the... You have to really work on your Kermit the Frog annoyed voice. (laughs) Is that the key to the Ray Romano? It seems to be. We've also been watching a lot of TV Land reruns, which is all just two and a half men and everybody loves Raymond. Oh, no. It's it's a nightmare of a channel. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. Well, that's that. That's my tale of woe for the week. Uh, yes. Do you know anything about this movie um, or its stars? Not really anything that's worth talking about. Um, it was directed by Bill Milling uh, under a pseudonym. In this case, it was Chiang. Yeah, Chiang. Uh, and also, the writing credit is Lin Cho Chiang. Yes. Uh, and, of course, it was also Bill, Bill Millen. Bill, Bill, Bill Milling. Millen. I don't know him. Did he do anything else? Uh, I looked, and he has directed 23 things, mm-hmm. but not a lot that I'm familiar with. Mostly uh, pornography, or did he kind of... Mostly pornography. Uh, One of his last movies was Caged Fury, which... I think I've heard of that one. ...is, I believe, you know, one of those caged heat knockoffs. Yeah, women in prison type movies. Yeah. Uh, So, he didn't work just in pornography, it doesn't appear. That's good. He primarily, but he dabbled in other... uh, adjacent genres yes it seems to be mostly pornography most of this definitely looks like the titles of uh porn films when i look at his imdb 
Excellent. Uh, for the cast, um, there are some notable names here. Uh, we have uh, C.J. Lang as the trainer. Right. But uh, more often seen by us, although their parts are small, uh, are Jamie Gillis and mm-hmm. Bobby Astor as yes. a couple of hunters slash rapists. Yeah. Uh, along with their buddy, played by Douglas Wood. Mm-hmm. Who plays a very interesting kind of rapist. Uh, yes. An interesting type indeed. The rest of the names I'm not too familiar with. And this is an interesting production because it's largely low budget, but there's definitely some high concept in here. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like a student film in a way. It yeah. feels like they had like a lot more idea than like money. Right. It's, it's 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 a fun movie, I'd say, in general. Uh, not really a kung fu film, though, as we'll f- come to find out. Uh, no, there is a little bit of... There's about five minutes of kung fu in the hour plus Yeah, in the uh, time. 71 or so minutes of this film. Yeah. Uh, so we'll take a quick break here, and then we'll be back to talk more in depth about the vixens of kung fu. That was a gong, but it didn't sound very loud. Yin and yang are the Tao of heaven and earth, the fundamental principles of change, the beginning of birth and death. The relation of yin and yang is the means whereby the myriad things are able to come to birth. Yin and yang react upon each other, producing change. Yin in the interior is the guardian of yang. Yang in the exterior is the activator of yin. I don't want to work every day until I die. Well, that's the future we've we've inherited. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, thanks, Dads. Thank you to all the dads out here. Thanks, Dads. When's, When's Father's Day? June? Mother's Day is coming up first. Yeah, Mother's Day is first, and then Father's mm. Day. We have a film slated for Mother's Day, but not Father's Day yet. Well, if it's in June, it can be Daddy's Day. Oh, yeah. Leather Daddy's Day. <laughs> Leather Daddy's That's Day. That's right, because uh, the Rainbow Report is coming up. We're getting the programming ready for that. June 20th. June 20th. Smack Dad. Smack Dad in the middle. <laughs> it's also National Clean Your Clit Day. Oh, that's right. We learned that uh, in we learned that next week's episode. Yeah, we do learn that next week, but um, this week we learned it this week. Um, mark your calendars now because it's coming up regardless of what week it is, unless it's any time after June twenty first. Uh, at at which point you should be preparing for the following year. Yeah, just letting grime build up on your clit <laughs> until the yearly washing. <laughs> <laughs> festival of purification <laughs> so the vixens of kung fu the film opens with a voiceover talking about a uh, man yang traveling the land to overcome obstacles but his greatest challenge would be yin the woman yes um, we see a figure in a yellow robe walking as we're hearing this and getting some credits. And it's all delivered by a pretty stereotypical, like, Chinese-accented uh, voice. Yes. 
uh, which, if I had to guess, is probably just some white dude. Yeah, I would imagine it's probably Bill. <laughs> yeah, Bill himself uh, in the editing room. Yeah. He says something about land, sea, and dragon, <laughs> which is just a funny non-phrase anyone says. <laughs> so we then see Bree Anthony, who plays Paula. Yes. She's walking through a wooded area, and as she's walking, she's spotted by a group of three hunters. Yeah, she's, I think, approached first by Bobby Astor. I think he comes up and is kind of, like, maniacally chuckling, which his character does a lot of. Yeah, that's his whole deal, is that he's a maniacal chuckler. He's a joker. Yeah, so Bobby Astor is one of them. Uh, They don't have names. names. No, they're like... They're the three hunters. Yeah, and they're like Hunter in the tan pants, Hunter with the red shirt, (laughs) by their clothes. Yeah, so we have Bobby Astor... Uh, the wonderful Jamie Gillis, mm-hmm. and then the other guy, Douglas Wood. Douglas Wood. So Bobby Astor's character says something to her, asking if she's afraid of running into wild animals, and he also says that she's going to now. So they get a hold of her and start trying to rough her up, but she breaks away and runs. Then one of them yells, get her with the anesthesia gun. Does he yell that? Uh, yes. Okay. I'm, or somebody at least says it. I missed them saying that. I just thought it was a normal gun. Uh, I thought that it was just being said, like, stupidly. Yeah. I didn't think that it was a real thing until later in the film when it comes up again. And then never again after that. Right. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Okay. Yes. As long as they established it at the beginning, I guess that's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Bobby Astor pulls out a revolver and shoots her with it as she's running. And she is hit with the anesthesia gun and collapses. So the guys run up on her with some deliverance banjo playing. That's, yeah, what I wrote was deliverance-style rape theme. And uh, they are nice enough to lay down a blanket and pull her on top of it. And then they undress her. And uh, basically, Bobby Astor and Jamie Gillis's character take turns putting their dicks in her mouth and her vagina as uh, the other guy sits aside of them and watches and at one point jerks it a little bit but you don't even see his dick he's just jerking it in his pants yeah he kind of like plays with like her socks or something for a little bit like he like he smells one and then like puts it on his cock and then maybe jerks off into it yeah Uh, i feel like maybe he's the least down with the rape uh, or, but also maybe just a little horny, or just a fucking weirdo. I think he might just be the uh, the touched member of the group. Sure, yeah, <laughs> I could see that. He's definitely uh, not all there mentally, even compared to maniacal Bobby Astor. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't want to say this is a fun scene, but it's nice. It's cool to see the people I like just doing little bit stuff sometimes. Uh, yeah. As Bobby's fucking her, he pulls out and comes on her belly, and, uh, Jamie Gillis is rubbing his dick around her mouth and stroking, and he finally comes on her breasts. Uh, and then Bobby Astor says, let's get the fuck out of here! And they get their clothes and run away, and of course Bobby Astor is giggling as they're getting their stuff together. 
you can also notice that he's being ADR because you can see his face at some point in this and his mouth's not moving, but his maniacal laughter continues. There's a lot of ADR problems in this film. Yes, yes, there are. Uh, I will say, uh, for philosophic discussion point, Bobby Astor leaves his socks on during sex, but Jamie Gillis doesn't. So what do you think that says about them? But Jamie Gillis does leave his turtleneck on, whereas Bobby Astor is otherwise completely naked. That's true. Um, but I feel like the socks thing is more revealing than the shirt. Yeah, I think that anybody who... Uh, I don't know, because he's otherwise completely undressed. That's the weird part of yeah. it. Yeah. He doesn't... He's very self-conscious about his feet, is what it tells me. And that <laughs> drives his need to rape. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's you, a, should, you should be his therapist. Yeah, this is my uh, psycho analysis podcast now <laughs> as i pick my ear with a pin <laughs> like a real fucking genius yeah you're gonna pull it out and there's gonna be a roach on the end of it there's a brain roach <laughs> welcome back to the brain coat report I'm irrigating my skull for roaches <laughs> an amazing brain yes <laughs> So uh, they run off, and at this moment, this is when I think to myself, oh, okay, I get what this film is. It's a rape-revenge film, and they're going to get it at the end. Yeah, I was expecting like a more leisurely like Miss 45 situation. Yeah. Yeah. They leave, and we cut from there to C.J. Lang, who is training uh, some people in the arts of kung fu. (laughs) Sitting outside. Yes. White girl karate school. (laughs) After a moment, she stands up and turns around and we see the dragon on the back of her kimono or robe. Then we cut to Paula naked, collapsed on a beach, and the trainer, again, C.J. Lang's character, uh, approaches her on the beach. And then we cut to her with Paula inside, naked somewhere. Yeah, a tent, perhaps? Perhaps. A hut? Uh, I know that the floor has a lot of brush laid out on it. Yes. So it makes me wonder if it's just inside some studio or some dude's house and they just put a bunch of grass and leaves on the ground. Possibly. It's, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a like a polar bear rug. Yes, she's laying yes. on a, a white bear rug. She starts to pour oil on Paula's body. And at that point, she awakens, but uh, she continues to rub oil all over her breasts and the rest of her body, and she uh, she stops to rub around her vagina area a little bit, uh, and then has her roll over, and she oils her ass and her back. Uh, the trainer starts to ask Paula some questions. Uh, she asks her how long she's been in New York, and she says two years. Uh, I didn't realize we were in New York. Yeah, I thought it was going to be California at first because yeah. the wooded areas just make me think California. I thought maybe it was going to be Asia. Yeah. <laughs> or something. I don't know. I don't know That's where fair. I thought this was going to be set, but it didn't seem like they were in New York up until about, what's this, like 16 minutes in? Yeah, something like that. Paula explains that she's not a student, as the trainer had guessed at first, but she's actually a prostitute. Uh, she notes that any man can have her if he gives her money. So we get to see her with a couple of her customers 
She says, as long as they pay, they can do anything they want to me. So we see back-to-back some scenes with her and two of her customers and them fucking in various positions. In a very bare room. Yes, in a very bare room. Like a mattress and some outlets. Yeah, (laughs) it's that kind of room. Yeah, I just kept looking at the outlets (laughs) through the whole scene. I was like, damn, there should be like a table or something. We see... One of the customers go down on her and then puts her in doggy and uh, she blows him. She says in the voiceover that once in a while she gets carried away and we see her ride him cowgirl and he eventually pulls out and comes on her ass from her stroking him. But she knows that she always feels empty and depressed afterwards. We see the guy throwing down bills on uh, her cum-covered back. Great scene overall. Uh very slowly raining ones down onto her back. (laughs) She mentions that sometimes she thinks about stopping, but she goes right back to it again. She can't keep herself away. Uh, She then tells the trainer about getting raped by the hunters. Uh, As she is, they're both naked, and the trainer's kind of holding Paula. And then they start to make out. The trainer tells her about the gun of anesthesia used by the upper class to exploit the lower classes. Yeah, this class conflict dynamic came out of nowhere and disappears (laughs) just as quickly. Uh, Yes, it was not quite to the heights of the end of Pretty Peaches 3, but it was equally not followed up upon. Yeah, equally baffling political message. Right. Uh, So at that point where you're like, we have rich people with anesthesia guns, I'm like, oh, cool, the movie's going to turn into, like, society or something uh, equally bizarre. But no. No, not quite. No, just come up with a cool concept that you're not going to do anything with because you used it earlier. Uh, And probably came up with it post-facto to justify (laughs) the fact that there was, like, no gunshot because everything's poorly ADR'd. Right. (laughs) So on the back of that riveting discussion where the trainer gives her uh, class warfare thoughts, uh, they start making out more and they basically do it at this point. They're 69ing on a white bear rug and uh, we get a bunch of out of focus close-ups. The master is wearing a chain from the Dorinzi collection Oh, yes. about her waist. So that's Beautiful. important. Yes. Yes. Uh, we cut to them having another conversation, and the trainer tells her that, you know, in response to the upper classes and all of this, they must face this way of life and overcome it. And she tells Paula that she will teach her kung fu so that she can face or kill any man. Then we see Paula and uh, the trainer's other students outside, and they're Uh, meditating, I guess, and doing, like, focused breathing where they're doing hand motions and everything as they inhale and exhale. Yeah. Uh, As this this goes on for a minute, and then we pan down from one of the women and see smoke coming from below her vagina. Yes. Uh, And uh, that's what's happening with all of these women. Yes. Through this uh, focus activity, they are making smoke come out of their vaginas. I don't know what that's supposed to do. Um, I will say that I was impressed by them having their hand motions fairly well synced up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they weren't looking at each other. They had their eyes closed. They got it all figured out. 
That's good. That's... I, I would say that based on the level of production quality in this film, that was something that exceeded my expectations. Excellent. That's very true. But there's also just smoke pouring out of all their vaginas. So yes, that that's kinda, beautiful. That took the focus of the scene away from me, I think. Uh, yeah, as soon as we start seeing the smoke, the music switched to like this weird electronic music. So yeah, it again seems like we're about to take like a sci-fi trip here or something, yeah. and we don't really. No, it goes, yeah. <laughs> um, we have narration that talks about how the trainer trained the women physically, spiritually, and sexually. So we then see the trainer and one of the dark-haired students uh, making out and kissing each other. As they're going through with this, we cut to a robed figure traveling through the woods and then back to the ladies. As they're still at it, we see the monk do a flip and appear near the ladies. Uh, and he's just watching them. Yes. Uh, they go down on each other and uh, then... We see the student at one point, she props her legs up in a tree, like just at the very bottom of the tree. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's an interesting shot as the trainer's going down on her while she has her legs spread open with yeah. her feet on the tree. I wondered how like much you could focus on any one thing while trying to keep your balance in a tree Yeah, that way. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting shot. It's uh, not a normal way that you would do that. Right. And I, I appreciate it. Um, the music here, I kind of liked at first, but it seems to be like maybe like a minute worth of music and it loops several times during this scene. Uh, and I didn't really care for it about the third or fourth time that I heard the same thing again. <laughs> we go through this for a while and then we see the women collapsed on the ground and cuddling and the monk starts to walk away from them, but they hear him walking through the brush and tell him to stop. So the student runs after him, doing a flip and then posing. Um, and we get to see some wild editing that is trying to tell us, I believe, that there's a fight scene happening here. Yeah, it's a lot of, like, still frames and, like, quick cuts and, uh, like, some slow motion. And it's just kind of like edit any editing trick you could think of to avoid actually having them fight. Right. It's not what I expected going in. I expected there to maybe be, like, some kind of, like, physical contact. Right. But from kind of just, like, an editing standpoint, it's neat enough that I think it's worth a note. It stands out a bit. Sure. Compared to maybe just them doing, like, a half-assed fight. Right, right. But it's also very confusing. And if this is the route they're going to go, why aren't there more fights like this if no one's actually fighting? Right. <laughs> It raises questions. Yes, this film raises a lot of questions. <laughs> they flip around a bit, I believe, and she ends up on top of him over his chest. And then we cut from there to him back at their camp. He seems to be getting his ass kicked more. Uh, and we see the trainer and three of the blondes there. And uh, the trainer says that they've conquered him and now they can have their way with him. So yes. they pull him to the ground and strip him. They take turns blowing his soft dick. Yeah. Uh, one straddles his face while he eats her out. Uh, he finally gets a hard on. Uh, the trainer's just watching from the sidelines, but the other girls are going at it. One's blowing him while uh, another's rubbing his hands on her breasts. It's at this point in my notes that I noted this movie is kind of boring. 
Yes. Because it's not coming across in the summary, but this happens for a while. Yes. Uh, the most interesting thing about this scene is the music. Uh, yeah. So the first song they play, it took me a little bit to kind of figure it out. It sounded very familiar. I was like, I was like, this sounds like some kind of knockoff of like maybe like a Led Zeppelin song or something like that. Right. And uh, I kind of put it out of my mind for a bit because what came next should be familiar to everyone at this point. Uh, <laughs> tubular bells <laughs> resumed again. Yeah, uh, I didn't catch that it was tubular bells. Yeah, uh, about like whenever that song is over and they're still going at it is like when tubular bells begins. And it's not like. It's not the Exorcist portion of it. It's like something from Side B or whatever, oh, okay, where it's yeah. just like him doing, just goofing off on the guitar, right? Uh, some other stuff like that. But uh, it's back. This it is, is the third time, I believe, and the third time's a charm. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh -huh. um, the other song, we'll get back to it. It comes back a little bit later, and. So does my memory. <laughs> Excellent. After a, a long segment of some cowgirl sex, uh, the woman riding him pulls him out and finishes him off with her hands. The trainer says, This man is good looking, but not tough enough for lovemaking. Take him to the woods and feed him to wild animals. Yeah, uh, throw him to the wolves. Uh, and... He doesn't end up going to the wolves at all. No, instead he shows up at a restaurant called the House of Wong. <laughs> Uh, where we see him at the restaurant seeking to learn, and he's just kneeling on the floor next to the stove at this restaurant. Yeah. He talks to a woman and says that he heard that she's a master of kung fu. She tells him that she's only a cook. He says that many people had told him that she knows kung fu better than anyone, and he says that he knows she is Ha Tian Sao, kung fu master. And we get continued cutaways to Paula and the trainer running on the beach together. It's worth noting that the trainer is not wearing any panties and her uh, dress is incredibly short. So as she's running, you just see her see. vagina the whole yeah, time. Yeah, you see some bush going up and down the beach. Yes. Back at House of Wong, the woman tells the monk that if he wants to learn, there's a high price to pay. She says he must run fast to... Bear Mountain, and wait there. So then we see Ha, the Kung Fu Master, alongside Chao Tzu, who uh, is another well-known Kung Fu person that is mentioned in the prior conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, they're training in the wilderness. The monk finally shows up. He asks her how she got there, because she beat him there. Mm -hmm. She said that she flies with the wind, and that she is going to teach him. So we see him naked training. Uh, he's wearing just a yellow belt and cloth bands around his legs. Yeah. I do think the scenes of him running in his like full monk get-up are pretty funny. Uh, yes. Just like through the city. <laughs> <laughs> he's, you know, posing and doing chops and stuff. But yeah. uh, at some point he stops and just starts to stroke his cock. Yeah. Uh, and then Ha approaches him and waves a weird wand around his dick. And then uh, he finishes himself off. Yeah. And she tells him that now he's ready. Yeah, that's how I do all my training is by going and jacking off in the woods. <laughs> uh, don't you? Uh, yes. That's how I prepare for this podcast. 
<laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I go to I just find a wooded area, usually near that school by your house. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> it's a Saturday. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> as long as you have the context that it's Saturday, it's all good. <laughs> um, it's at this point in the movie though that I start to think, who's this movie about? <laughs> So, yeah, we see the ladies training, but we also see the monk training, and he's running on the beach, but he has some sort of weight tied to a rope around his cock. Yes. It's it's, bouncing back and forth as he's running. It's hilarious. (laughs) This scene was something. Yeah. Uh, Then we cut back to Paula, and she pulls a large dildo out of her vagina, and the trainer tells her, that's good. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, so then we see Paula and the trainer meet the monk in the woods. Uh, he's posing and doing focus breathing yeah, and like chopping she and yeah. Chi channeling hands. Yeah. Paula stands across from him and does basically the same. Uh, we see a shot of him and then flashbacks to him being defeated by the women. Uh, but then we get shots of Paula and... It's flashbacks to her getting raped. Yes. Uh, so, different stakes between the man and woman here. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the man was just emasculated. The woman was raped. <laughs> yeah. He's got a lot. He's uh, very entitled. Yeah, he is. He showed up halfway through her movie and made it about him. Right. <laughs> the encounter begins with Paula blowing the monk as the trainer... Ha and Chaozu are watching, uh, all from the sidelines, and uh, we see Paula and the monk going back and forth. Uh, he's posing and breathing as she's blowing him, and then he uh, goes down on her on the ground. Uh, there's a lot of liberal editing, no transitions between things. Uh, we see Paula alone on the ground in a few positions. And then we see him fucking her missionary. Uh, this goes on for quite a while. Yes. Uh, it's a very long sex scene. They 69 a bit. And then the best part of the movie happens. Yes. Where Paula is laying on the ground getting railed. And then a bee comes close to her. And she she like gets startled by it and slaps <laughs> it away. Uh, so yeah, guest appearance by Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, oh, that will be... Paula starts to ride him cowgirl, and then we cut away from that to him alone, posing and stuff again. He's fucking Paula, and then he pulls out to come. Uh, then we see a large spurt coming out of his dick. Huge amounts. It's like, oh, he's coming, but then it like, turns to blood. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, quite a few spurts of blood. Yeah, huge spurts. Uh. Uh, and he falls to the ground, seemingly dying. It's at that point that the trainer looks at Ha and Chao Tzu. Uh, she asks who they are, and then asks Ha if she's the master of Golden Dragon Kung Fu. She gives her a salute, but then we see the trainer move forward towards them, and she throws a kick. And then we see Ha jumping towards the camera, and then there's a freeze frame, and the film is over. <laughs> <sighs> And that was The Vixens of Kung Fu. So we're going to take a break, and then we'll be back for our final thoughts on The Vixens of Kung Fu. I don't really know what I watched. 
the hunter you met was a bad man from the upper society. The men in the upper classes will exploit the men from the lower society. They have a special weapon they use, called the gun of anesthesia. It will shoot a man down, but it cannot take his life. But why do they do this? It's a game for them. They enjoy this kind of sport. But Master, what can we do to combat this way of life? It's kind of like if you made a Seinfeld episode a horror movie. <laughs> but like replaced like all the humor with like the stuff you would expect like in a horror movie. Right. Like it just sort of eventually happens, but there's no like driving force that's like compelling it onward. Right. Um besides them just trying to live their lives. <laughs> um that's why you shouldn't party in the Everglades. I guess that's true. So, um there was, in the sting of death, you would think that there would be a lot more Everglades there, but uh, I wonder if there's maybe less than there is in Death Curse of Tartu. Uh, I haven't... I neither almost, of us has seen both, so we yeah, can't really tell. So I can almost guarantee it. <laughs> Let's watch Mako Jaws of Death and meet in the middle. Okay, that sounds okay. like a good idea. When do you make that one to like capitalize on Jaws? Yes. Excellent. But yeah, those were our. That was a fragment of conversation about us uh, seeing two of the films of William Griffey. Uh-huh. Uh Florida's favorite son. Florida's favorite son, yes. Says they're many pedophiles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they love those guys. I guess they, they probably do. There's been like three in the news, like, and there might be another one before this episode comes out. Oh, shit. <laughs> Well, uh, but yeah, William Griffey, as far as I know, not a pedophile. Uh, no, no one who makes a movie about a telepathic shark could be a pedophile. I stake my life on that. <laughs> <laughs> this is the hill I will die on. Well, let's, uh, let's hope it doesn't come to that. Okay. Well, uh, welcome back to the Raincoat Report. Uh, it is time for our Raincoat Review. So... <laughs> As is tradition, I'll hand things over to Jeremy. Jeremy, what did you think about Tartu? Oh, no. Oh, no. You broke my brain. Uh, I couldn't remember what movie we were talking about. What, uh, what did you think about the Vixens of Kung Fu? Death Curse of Kung Fu? Yes, the the Vixens of Tartu. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, mixed bag of a film. Yeah. To be honest, uh... But I'll say more good than bad for me. Okay. Um, I would say as far as the story, it seems almost like two films have been mashed together here. Yeah. Uh, you have the tale of Paula and the tale of uh, the monk that ends in a death duel between the two for some reason, even though the stories really didn't intersect. Right. And there were other people she had reason to have used her uh, fucking skills on. Yes. Um, her dragon pussy energy could have been, uh, why wouldn't you just bring Bobby Astor and Jamie Gillis back at the end? Yeah. Uh, that is the thing is like when the film starts, I'm certain it's a rape revenge film. Right. It feels like one thing, but you're like, okay, it's a rape revenge with Kung Fu. That's fine. They've done that before with other stuff, you know? Right. Um, that makes sense. It becomes like. A film about how she gets her groove back, sort of. <laughs> like, I guess she, like, gets raped, loses her confidence, uh, 
or loses her memory with the amnesia anesthesia gun, <laughs> uh, then meets a guy who's also on a journey, and they're like, "Well, okay, we'll just we'll just boost her confidence by getting her to kill fuck this man <laughs> uh, who also is trying to kill fuck for other reasons." So, chief it among may- them being emasculated. Would you say that it would make more sense for this film to be titled How Paula Got Her Groove Back? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Paula Got Her Tartoo Back. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, you think it's going to be rape revenge, but it kind of opts for like a a 70s kind of comedy sort of angle. Or just kind of like goofy screwball stuff. Yeah, just things happen. Yeah, and you're like, ha ha. And it's fine. Like, the humor is mostly, like, in line with my sense of humor, so it works. Right. Say, uh, music-wise, what I wrote was it was a head-swirling mix of unlicensed Blue Easter Cult. Oh, I didn't get to that. No. The song that I thought was generic Led Zeppelin is actually Blue Oyster Cult's uh, Teen Archer from their second album. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they just turn the vocals all the way down in an attempt to hide it. Right. It's pretty cool. But anyway, uh, a head-swirling mix of unlicensed Bloister Cult and Oldfield tunes mixed with uh, synth blurbs, Oriental library music, funk, and wailing flutes. <laughs> Which, I liked it. I, I generally enjoyed most of the music. Even that piece that kept repeating. Yeah. It was good once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Direction-wise, kind of meandering, just sort of stitching together bits and pieces to make like a film overall uh from some it seems like disparate parts right i did think a lot of the stuff outside like like the outdoor shots i thought the color on those were really nice there was some good uh image composition on some of those yeah Uh, the interior stuff felt like maybe someone else directed it almost because it just wasn't as uh i guess having like Nice foliage and natural lighting is kind of easier than set dressing a room in yeah. some ways. But uh, I don't know. It just kind of felt sort of middling there. Yeah. Uh, sex stuff. Uh, quite a lot of it. None of it very good, really. Yeah. Definitely the highlight is the slow-mo, like, sexecution at the end, <laughs> where he just spurts blood come into the air and then dies. Right. So, like I said at the beginning of this review, mixed bag, more enjoyable than not. Uh, it seems like it was kind of just trying to cash in on the fact that kung fu films were popular at the time. Yeah. Uh, especially since they didn't even bother getting, like, any kind of, like, fight coordinating or anything like that and instead just chose to do some sort of like video collage style nonsense not the strongest film funny amusing uh give it two and a half okay all right so yeah i saw this a few years ago and when we were going back to it i didn't really remember anything about the movie except that I remembered it being kind of rapey, and I remembered overall not having a very positive reception to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think watching it the second time with uh, very low expectations, I probably enjoyed it more than the first time. 
There are some pacing problems here. Definitely. With some of the sex scenes taking way long, which is compounded by the fact that none of the sex scenes are very erotic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one up front is a rape scene to begin yeah. with, but it's a also just... rape scene where one of the rapists won't stop giggling and yeah. chattering in his like, New York accent. Yeah. <laughs> watch it with the teeth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh, Bobby Astor. But I will say that I'm surprised that I had forgotten some of the weird things that happened in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, particularly the ending. Yes. Uh, but even the second time watching it, I was like up front, oh, okay, she's going to come back and kill Jamie Gillis and Bobby Astor and the giggling sock guy. Yeah. But uh, none of that happened. We went in a completely different direction. And then... We start to follow the monk after we followed Paula for a while. Right. And it seems like maybe he's supposed to be the hero of the movie. Kind of, because he's in the credits at the beginning, like, as, like, a figure that's just sort of wandering around. Right. But they don't introduce who he is until he shows up after you've been with Paula for half an hour. Right. And to be fair, he did just kind of wander into them having sex and then... He got the shit beat out of him, and that was really it. Yes. But uh, he was emasculated, and that would not do. So he went and got trained and ran around with some weights tied to his dick, and then... uh, Got emasculated again. Got emasculated again and died. (laughs) So, like, narratively speaking, this is kind of just like a bunch of things that happen. Right. And... uh, there is enough like weird stuff happening, like the weird training that's going on, the uh, smoke coming out of vaginas, um, the execution at the end, as you put it. Yeah. The sex execution. Yes. Uh, that was out of nowhere. And like at the very end, we have the masters facing off against each other, and then the movie just dies. Yeah, that's it. And uh, I don't believe there was a sequel to The Vixens of Kung Fu. Probably not. I can't imagine that there was. But uh, it was something that certainly happened. Uh, (laughs) It was kind of middle of the road production wise. There were some things that were good about it, some things that were bad about it. So it kind of just lands in the middle. Right. Um, it's got a few stars in it, a few not stars in it, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. It's an entertaining way to spend 71 minutes or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I definitely would like just something goofy to put on or whatever if you want to just kind of laugh at people acting like assholes in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> this was one released on DVD by Vinegar Syndrome. They also included it in one of their... Five films, five years compilations as a, an HD version on Blu-ray. It does look nice. Like, the restoration does... They did a good job. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look like shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, the picture's crisp and clear and... Yeah. Like I said, like, you can definitely tell with, like, the stuff, like, outside where it's kind of like New York in the fall. So, they got, like, a lot of, like, nice, like, foliage, like, colors popping off and stuff. Yeah. Um, good job. Yeah, it looks really good. Uh, but the uh, the Blu-ray release is out of print. It's part of one of their five films, five years discs. Uh, but it's still on DVD, and it'll look good on DVD. But overall, yeah, my thoughts on this were kind of middling. I'd give it two and a half stars as well. Excellent. So uh, that's it. 
That's the Kung Fu. Yep. That'll be it for this week. Don't forget uh, social media, uh, Rinko Report, Instagram, Twitter. Yes. Twitter. Uh, email us at report at gmail.com. You can send us money. You can send us porn you found or made. Uh, you can send us movie recommendations. Yes. Uh, like, rate, and subscribe on all the podcasting apps that we're on. Yeah. We're on most of them. We'll be back with a special guest next week. Oh, yes. We'll be back with a special guest next week. It was our special guest from last week. <laughs> um, we hope we thought we recorded him better, but maybe we didn't. We'll see what uh, kind of audio magic boss can whip up in the intervening uh, times. Yes, but um, uh, this time he has watched the film, so he'll be able to oh, yes, participate he has actively. The film. Yes, it's a, he's an active participant. He's an active shooter. Uh, <laughs> oh. our, our man, Tyler. <laughs> Um, <laughs> derailed myself. That's it. Uh, when you're out there walking along the road with your head shaved like a uh, oh boy, who's that fella? <laughs> you're out there walking along with your head shaved like uh, the guy from Kill Bill. Who's his name? Oh, uh, who's the Carradine? Oh yeah, David. So, I think it's David. If you're out there, you got your head shaped like David Carradine. You're walking from town to town, meeting out Kung Fu Justice. Don't forget a raincoat. <laughs>